everybody, and welcome to the Unpredicted Party, the only Middle-Earth campaign that will answer the question, why didn't they just take the Eagles to Mordor? And we are one step closer to answering that question. This is episode four. I am your humble lore master, Don Marshall. Joining me are my internet friends. Say hi, internet friends. Hi. Hi. <laughs> are you all ready to start? Yes. Yes. Well, yeah, we are. Well, that's too bad, because we have some announcements to get through. First no! and foremost. All right. All right. <laughs> I've done that three times now and you've fallen for it each time. First and foremost, we need to thank our lovely sponsor. This stream would not be possible without Free League Publishing, who graciously sent us advanced copies of their new Middle-Earth TTRPG, The One Ring, so that we could play in a more fleshed-out version of Middle-Earth. If you would like to order your own copy of The One Ring, whether that is the bundle, the starter kit, the core rulebook, the dice, or the maps, just go to freeleaguepublishing.com and get yours today. Thank you, Tori, for showing off the dice. Much appreciated. Speaking of things that you can buy, I would like to share something with my players. Oh, the God. Unpredicted Party is thrilled to announce that we will done? be launching merchandise. What? Wait, 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 wait. That's cool. What? That's cool. There Part is a that. design that I sent the players not too long ago that they may um. or may not remember. <gasps> Yes. yes. This will be featured on various merchandise products that you yourselves can buy. And I'm going to show the players right now. Players, what do you think of this? Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Oh, amazing. It's perfect. Oh my God. It's so good. Oh, I love it. I think without even realizing it, the artist whose name is Holly, Holly, thank you. Uh, made Beery looking up at Hallowith and Hallowith looking over at Tanel and Tanel looking at Hallowith <laughs> and it's the perfect little mm -hmm. got a bit of a triangle going on here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my awesome. god. It's beautiful. That's so cool. <laughs> He's got it. his chain shirt and everything. Thank you to oh the folks god. over at Teespring for helping create all of this. If you go to donmarshall72merch.com you can get your various t-shirts, mugs, hoodies. I don't actually know what this is going to be on. We've just got the image right now. We're recording these way in advance. You'll be able to find it on basically whatever. If you want something and we don't have it in the store, shoot me a DM. I will absolutely make it just for you. No problem. All right. Screen sharing done. Yay. Love that. Players. Love it. Mm -hmm. I'm right. so excited for that. I need one. I need all the yeah, things. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. You, you, oh, guys yeah. Are getting, you guys are getting it for free. You guys are getting it for free. You know that, right? Yeah, even better! Well, we did. We absolutely did not know that. Well, now you know. Now you know. Um, meantime, keep an eye out for the uh, next line of merch, maybe, which is just a shirt that says, I, for one, will gladly welcome our bird overlords, which is a saying <laughs> that I have seen more than 15 times in the comments sections oh, of various... My videos promoting they have no idea what they're asking for they have no uh, idea they have no idea yeah. <laughs> oh my God. yeah so stay tuned for that uh the unpredicted party design is available now the bird overlord one uh maybe one day i don't know probably <laughs> uh another note at about the one hour mark, we will be taking a quick break for the folks over on Twitch. In that five minute break, we will be launching a uh, contest link that you can go to to um, enter into a contest to win a digital copy of the One Ring. Wahoo! It's phenomenal. It's like two to 300 pages. I've read every single one many times over. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. So make yeah. sure you are paying attention to the chat. 
Um, as always, we do have a couple of very special thank yous to folks that make this possible. Special thanks to our very talented artist, Sarah M. Shunky. You can find her at Sarah M. Shunky on Instagram. The battle maps for this entire campaign are crafted by Little Wit the Cartographer. Search Little Wit the Cartographer on Facebook. The music has been lovingly crafted by Cullen Vance. You can stream his music on Spotify, Bandcamp, and iTunes. Just search Cullen Vance or CullenVanceCreative.com. I can't wait for all of you to hear it in the final product. I'm talking to the three of you because we can't play the music while we're here. Finally, a very special thanks to my wife, Nat, who is working behind the scenes to make sure that all of this works smoothly and that these streams are not six and a half hours, four and a half of which are me rambling, trying to figure out how this works. So much love. Thank you, honey. All right. Without further ramblings, are we ready to go? Let's go, let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Our journey began many weeks ago as two elves, Halloweth and Tanel, travel from Lothlorien to Rivendell on a mission from Galadriel. On their way to Rivendell, they met the eccentric dwarf Beery. As the three approach Rivendell, however, they discover that something is wrong. The One Ring has been found. Eventually, after much discussion, a decision is made to fly the eagles to Mordor to destroy the ring as quickly as could be. But the fellowship that went on this journey failed. One of the eagles, Gwaihir the Windlord, was tempted by the ring. In his lust for power, he killed the fellowship and flew directly into the great eye atop Barad-dûr, cast the spirit of Sauron aside, and now rules Middle-earth for his own. The only survivor of the attack, Landroval the Eagle, managed to get back to Rivendell to warn you all of the danger. Meanwhile, Elrond, was possessed by Gwaihir, who took control of him through the Elven Rings. But you managed to save him, as Halloweth cut off his arm. You then accompanied Elrond's three children, Arwen, Eladon, and Elrohir, to collect the bodies of the Fellowship. But Arwen left before you, got there first, buried Aragorn, and took off before you could get there. On the headstone, it was discovered that Arwen is pregnant with a child named Eldarion, the heir to the throne of Gondor. Her brothers took off after her as you took the bodies back to Rivendell. As you traveled back to Rivendell, the body of Gandalf was reanimated by Gwaihir the Windlord. But you dispatched him quickly thanks to some cunning martial arts by Tinel the Elf, and Halloweth cut off his arm. As you approached Rivendell, you watched as Gloin, Gimli's father, performed the dwarven rituals over his body. You also managed to convince Glorfindel, who is ruling in Elrond's stead as he heals, to give up the Elven Ring. Halloweth made the decision to take that Elven Ring and Infinity Gauntlet Gandalf's hand with two of the three Elven Rings currently on the petrified hand of the Grey Pilgrim. <laughs> it's a good I idea. It's a good idea. <laughs> I uh -huh. stand by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. I stand by it. You now hold two of the Elven Rings, gaining much of the trust of the Elves of Rivendell. Halloweth, for saving Elrond, you were given Eglos, the Spear of the Elf Gilgalad, King of the Elves during the Second Age. Tanel, you were given a new set of armor, and Beery, the Elves let you keep that liquid mithril that you found from the blacksmith as it was lying around, seemingly cast off or lost. When we last left off, Beery, with the help of Tanel, was granted access to the forge at Rivendell. Before we begin, Beery, Tanel, 
You have earned one fellowship point for that interaction at the end. Oh, yes! <laughs> the pool of fellowship points nice. now stands at two between the three of you. Use yes. them wisely. And remember, you also have your hope. You've had a good run so far. Things have been going all right and you're not dead yet. When we last left off, Beery, you were at the forge. What are you trying to do? <laughs> Just for clarification, I'm so sorry. I'm at one fellowship, correct? So because you are now involved with the fellowship points pool, you now have access to both, yes. Two or three? We're at two so far. Two, very mm -hmm. good. Okay, mm -hmm. beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Okay, so he's making something kind of weird. Um, this will probably take him a, a few days and no sleep. It's day and night. It's frantic, manic, uh, speed crafting, you know, and in the only way Beery knows how. Um, he is making a travel anvil out of that lump of, of uh, iron ore that he found. So he's smelting it down, adding... Of course, you know, the, all the fantastic additives that, you know, he has at disposal at a elven forge, I'm, I'm only assuming here. Um, and, then, and then forging the build out, pretty much making what's known as a, a bridge anvil. So it's lightweight, maybe around 30 to 40 pounds. But there's a twist. There's a, um, there's a mechanism inside of the empty space in the body of the anvil that uh, does some kind of tricky stuff. Um, uh, let's let's say like when when swinging a hammer uh, after the strike you you choke up the handle on just underneath the hammerhead uh, to lift it to get the momentum moving and then you grip down at the base again. This hammer does it automatically, um, use, utilizing a a rack and uh, gear reduction along with a a spiral gear or sorry spiral spring. It. Re retracts up against his hands. And then when he swings it, the centrifugal force overcomes the strength of the spring and <laughs> extends outward uh, so that he's able to accelerate the, the hammer itself, the anvil hammer, uh, at very rapidly. And then it retracts and he's able to move it around with ease, but also offer powerful strikes choked way down the anvil, or sorry, down the handle. I'll, I'll draft it up. I'll, I promised you guys a, a drafting of it, but... Uh, I have like, oh my God. A, like a basic <laughs> drawing of it. Let me see if it comes up. Yes, oh, please. Whoa. Yeah, just oh. <laughs> very basic stuff right now, but I'll, I'll get it worked out to her just in case I, I need to build it one day. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay. Yeah. Please, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. But it makes, That's it makes so sense. Cool. And he's, yeah. he's blinked That's a cool. matter of like probably 30 times an hour. He's just like got goggles down. He's black in the soot and uh, he's just going into utter madness in the workshop, uh, building this contraption. All right, Beery. Now, okay. now we're going to role play it like this because you Please. have been given this mission by Glorfindel. So there is a slight sense of urgency. Would Beery be willing to have help? Ooh, depends on from who. We'll play it like this then. Beery, you spend hours in this forge the first day. Aaron the blacksmith standing right next to Tanel immediately after you, you get started a little bit dumbstruck, like what did I just agree to do? 
But as he watches you work, he moves around and kind of looks at you and what you're doing and you're moving at lightning speed, just blinking every which way. The yeah. boar is just moving everywhere, trying to help you, lifting things, helping move things. And you make enough of a commotion that after about three or four hours, Aaron disappears. And he comes back with Gloin and the six other dwarves. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> he walks up to you and goes, Master Dwarf, many hands can make for light work. If you wouldn't mind. And he gestures to himself and to Gloin and the rest of the dwarves. And you can clearly see the dwarves have been just having an absolutely horrible time ever since they got the news, but this gives them something to do, to take their mind off of it. And you watch as Gloin, proud, strong dwarf that he is, goes, for Gimli. I, okay, I, I, I can't handle this right now. Um, yes, there is much dwarven ale exchanged. Um, yeah, there's full-blown striker circles happening. There is hand-in-hand -hand dwarven crafts coming together to make this happen. Oh my goodness, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> yes, yes. Ex excellent. Beery, you now roll the items you would like to craft with advantage. Love it. If you had okay, turned so down the help and wanted to do this on your own, I would have let you do it, but you've got never. dwarves there with you and it's there for help. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a series of checks for the pieces that you need to make, right? Okay. You I would want like- it in like three sections? We're gonna make oh, it sorry, in three. Yeah, nope, we're gonna make this in three sections, right? You roll three different times. Each time you were making a craft check. Okay. Um, first would probably be the anvil itself. Go ahead. Oh my god. So nervous. No. It's a Gandalf. <laughs> yes. You know what? Okay, you know yeah. what? I'm not even going to make you make the rest of the checks. No, <laughs> instant <laughs> instant no. success. Oh you my gosh. Amazing. Instant success. You spend I'm freaking cry. You spend what you thought was going to be three or four days working on this anvil. Instead, with the help of six dwarves, the boar, and Aaron the blacksmith, you work and you work and you smelt and you craft and you sing the dwarven songs and Aaron even teaches you the songs that the elves sing. It's four o'clock in the morning the next day. The fires are going, it's smelting. Everything is led to this moment. At the last moment, you pull out this beautifully perfected anvil. Beery, what are you doing in this moment? Oh my God. Um, yeah, the, he, it's connected to the, the handle to make it a hammer. Um, and it's all complete. All of the finely cut gear works are glinting with uh, perf just pristine precision as we welcome the morning uh, in the valley. 
you know, I'm imagining the morning sun misted from the waterfalls coming out with his brand new, this is, these are brand new relationships with these renowned dwarf legends. These dwarven legends and this elf, we exit the, the forge to, you know, glistening with sweat and soot to welcome the morning sun. And he's got to lift up the, the anvil war hammer. He's going to proclaim and wake up all these freaking elves. By Durin, it's done. Beautiful. As this sunrise over the waterfall sets in, you watch as Aaron comes out from behind you with a small wooden box. The box says fragile on the side, and he gestures at you and goes, the first strike is yours, Master Dwarf. Let's see what this thing can do. Just, 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 the, just like just the box. Just a small wooden oh, box. God. It's empty. He just wants he you to just start. make sure there's nothing valuable that might get smashed. Nothing okay. valuable. It's an empty wooden <laughs> box. He sets it down. Kind of, you know, gets it kind of squared up in his hands. You know, the the anvil is kind of retracted towards towards his hands. He gives it a a, a full swing as uh, the centrifugal energy extends the anvil outward, and then just. Can I roll to smash? You absolutely can yes! roll to smash. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Hit my target number. Beautiful. The box <laughs> smashes yeah. into smithereens. He holds up uh, a Aaron holds up a finger one moment and goes, "If you don't mind," and calls another elf over. The elf is holding a watermelon. Oh my God, we're going Gallagher? <laughs> he takes <Let's> go. <laughs> a spear, chucks it into the ground, puts the watermelon on top of it and says, by all means. Oh, he's going for it wholeheartedly for sure. Roll with advantage. Oh God. Oh God. Just under, one under my target number. <laughs> He's getting overzealous now. He's getting like a spin going. <laughs> you Classic. you take this momentum and you spin a little bit and you just nick the underside um, <laughs> and cut the spear off at the shaft. And, and Aaron takes one look and goes, well, I saw that coming. Try again. And you just very quickly on the second attempt, just smash it. No problem. You don't even need to make an attack roll. There's this, this watermelon is, is not trying to attack you at all. <laughs> I love it. And after he swings every time it, it retracts back to in, down on the handle, like kind of inspired a little bit by uh, like a switch ax from uh, Monster Hunter. From Monster Hunter. Yes. But of course, smaller, obviously. It's not ridiculous, but yeah, it retracts, <laughs> ready for another blow to extend again. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Aaron then says, Come. And there is an elf carrying what looks to be a training dummy, <laughs> sticks it in the ground. Beery. This item is not attacking you. You do not need to make an attack roll. I just need you to roll 2d12 to tell me how much you destroy this thing. Okay. 
Here we go. The watermelon was a smaller target, so I thought you might miss. In this case, you won't. Uh, it's a success. It's a success. How, what was your highest roll? Uh, it was a six. It was on a six. On the D12, it was a six. Okay, on the he's D12. He's getting used to it. He's filling it out. There you go. After the swing and a miss, he's, he's, he's being <laughs> a little bit more conservative. A little bit. <laughs> it's not the headshot that you're going for, but all the same, you thunk, slam this body to the point where this stick buckles under the weight of this new axe. Um, from a mechanical standpoint, I have to ask, did you use any of the liquid mithril? Within? I did not. You did not use any of the liquid mithril. All right. So... Gloin is going to come up, pat you on the shoulder and say, we did well, my boy. You used that well, I want to bring, like grab him up by the shoulders and go face to face and uh, actually do the, like the, um, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah, full yeah. forearm kind yeah. of shake and just look at him dead in the eye and just, you know, imagine we're covered in soot, you know, and like the, the goggle, like blank mm -hmm. space in all mm -hmm. the soot. Um, I, um, I know we, we met very not long ago, and I know it was a bit strange for you at first, but I, I can't tell you what this means to me. I promise to use this hammer to avenge your son. You watch as his face that was so proud of you, this awkward, you know, kid to him, and you watch his lip quiver just slightly oh behind the beard. Don't goes, do it. You're going to make me cry. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Stop it. All right. Just right. Go, mm, just, just yeah. Look right. away. Oh. Mm. Uh, right then. <sighs> I assume, given your looks over at the two elves, because I, I assume, uh, you know, Hallowith, at some point you, you come and you've come to watch the, the chaos. Uh, that has... I've definitely come to watch the, the spectacle for sure, yes. <laughs> Tanel has Gallagher like a concert. Absolutely. Yeah. Tanel has like a mm -hmm. croissant and it's just like eating it, just watching the whole thing unfold. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice. He's just out. Hallowith's uh, just there with some Limbus bread, just like slowly unwrapping the leaves, just watching everything unfold like this is very impressive okay <laughs> by nib nibbling it oh i love this oh and i forgot to add yeah the, there's a horn on the anvil as well so if he needs to spin it around and do a piercing strike he can ah okay excellent excellent Ooh. very um, dastardly so stabby 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 beery from a mechanical standpoint the largest weapon that you could make as a blunt force trauma axe type object is a Madoc, which deals yes. seven damage. However, because you rolled the Gandalf and with the help of all of the dwarves, I am saying that this particular item will deal eight damage. What? Are you kidding me? We'll add it to your inventory uh, once the session is over. And, um, just make a note of it in case we get into combat this oh turn. Oh my God. But you I feel have- like it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gloin standing next to you goes, right then, I assume, well, maybe I assume too much, but uh, I imagine you won't be joining us as we travel back home, boy. As much I would like to, um, especially with this 
newfound friendship that we have forged together. Um, my place is out here. Um, and he just kind of glances out into the horizon. Um, I came out here for adventure and uh, adventure found me and I'm here for it. And I, I want to explore, see what I can make of myself. Aye, and I'm sure you'll make quite the sight. Okay, quit it. You're going to make me cry again. No, no. This, this is what dwarves do. That's right. And he claps right. you on the shoulder again. All of the other dwarves are like, mm, yeah, it's the, the big yeah, macho. We're having a big, yeah, yeah, yeah dwarven yeah. moment. We're all grabbing each other by the shoulders. <laughs> yeah. And then we go back in and have more drinks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Glowing says, right to the hall and you all uh head to the the hall where you uh stole those uh silverware pieces or attempted to uh so long ago <laughs> all those weeks ago and we're definitely uh, on the the performer's high you know like you're just you're you're exhausted oh, yeah. but you're so like up here you just you can't come down so we're just we're just dragging this on <laughs> as the uh dwarves run off glorfindel uh, approaches the two elves who are just sitting there watching this as the peanut gallery and uh just says you've made quite the friend there haven't you i do believe we have he's a character and a very talented one at that and then he glances up like sharply and says don't tell him i said that take a fellowship point hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> the first between Hallowith and Beery. Oh my God, I love it. Glorfindel says, uh, see that he doesn't drink too much and then your supplies are ready if you should choose to leave today. Though I imagine he may need to sleep this one off. I think this is going to be a trip for tomorrow. Quite right. Hmm. As you were, please. Enjoy the day. And you are free to do with the day as you will. Uh, Max, is there anything you would like to do during this Dwarven ruckus? And Hallowith and Tanel, will you be joining the dwarves? Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes! Oh, because, it, you know, the, the somber time is, you know, like the respects have been paid, mm -hmm. but I don't feel like there's nothing like a Dwarven wake. Oh, now yes. it's, it's, like, like let's 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 send this off in celebration mm -hmm. um and it might be kind of like the last time we get the chance so there is a, a, a grimness to to the celebration but it, it is it is joyous at least i'm imagining through the dwarves at least that's where beer is coming from sure all right halloweth are you joining the elf and the dwarves yes i think he is for the first time um he's gonna he's not gonna join in with everything he's going to be very much um a a strider in the prancing pony style <laughs> just in the, like yeah um he's going to be composing a little song mm, yeah. okay okay yeah. i didn't realize this episode was gonna be so emotional I know. <laughs> the three of you along with the six other dwarves spend the next four to five hours as you've been up for at least you know, 24, 28 hours at this point, punch drunk, happy, 
The elves feel fine. They don't need as much sleep. The dwarves an hour in are exhausted. That first ale got to their head. Um, the second ale got even worse. At the third ale, um, Gloin starts tossing little cubes of cheese into your mouth. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you grab it. He starts throwing them at you, Tanel, and you, you, I mean, you can catch them. In, you want to try and catch them in your mouth? Uh, I'm going to just actually try to just catch them out of the air. <laughs> That's not a problem. This is a drunk dwarf. You have absolutely yeah. no issue. There, there's a moment where um, seeing what she's doing is she's cheating. Uh, <laughs> Beer's going to be coming in like a uh, like a strong safety and just kind of like, <laughs> trying to like bite one out of midair. Kind make, of, an um, make an athletics check. You've been yeah. up for a day and a half. There's no cheating in these games. Yeah, he's got bags under his eyes. He's still covered in... in oh, God. Oh, God. Thank you for reminding me. Make it with disadvantage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining because she's so much taller than him, so he mm -hmm. has to jump off the chair. Oh, yeah. You, you jump know, up on the table and try and grab it. <laughs> whether or not you actually oh, make it. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. Actually rolled really well, but I did fail. I did. Ah, fail. Okay. <laughs> you as masterfully as a drunken dwarf who, who, who is trying to do all of this can you jump up on the table and do like a quick spin move, like, ah, and it hits you on the forehead <laughs> and falls to the ground. Uh, and Gloin just goes, sorry, sorry. You can't be doing that, mate. Another hour goes by. You're having an amazing time at which point Gloin takes that deep breath and goes, my boy was a hero. And you all are my friends. And if that is the end of the world, there is no one else I would rather die fighting side by side next to. Picks up the glass for Gimli. Oh, Gimli. Halloweth. He raises it. He's very solemn. <clears throat> Throws it down on the table, chugs the rest of it. And as you see this dwarf's seventh or eighth, you watch him slowly start to teeter over. For Gimli. His head just kind of oh. <laughs> plumps and he falls asleep at the table. He needs it. He needs his rest. He's the other, working all night. Yeah, the other dwarves looking around in their drunken state go, I, we sleep the day away. Because it's like noon at this point. You've been up for <laughs> yeah. a good 36 hours, you know. And they uh they they make their way over to the uh to their chambers where they're staying. Uh and the the three of you remain in this dining hall. There so are imagine. there are other elves trickling in as the dwarves leave because you've kind of been hogging this. Uh, yeah. all for a few hours. It's time for lunch. Seems about right. Yeah, I'm imagining Beery is being at the same same level as uh, Gloin for sure, just want bottles kind of over to to the elves if, if they're together, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I know we just kind of um, met, but I I, I, I feel that we have a very bright, and he's still like holding on to his very precious new toy. <laughs> I feel like we have a very bright future ahead of us, even though it might seem bleak. 
in my same rubric. But I'm telling you, we're going to be great friends. I promise. And he waddles <laughs> off into <laughs> somewhere where he's going to fall asleep. <laughs> he's utterly exhausted. <laughs> we were just like laying down. It's right there. In front of yeah, it's just, just on the down floor. With his, with his yeah. new hammer as a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Beary. Like a gear, gear, like imprint on the side of his face. <laughs> Beery, you lay this hammer down and, you know, some of them are short circular tables. Others are long, like picnic benches. You're on one of the picnic benches and you just lay down, fall asleep, start snoring. Hallowith, Tanel, the day, night, afternoon is yours as Beery sleeps this off. Should we leave him? I believe we'll uh, leave him to sleep this one off. Um, he gestures to like the exit. Um, to go down to cars. Actually, before before he leaves, Halworth just takes off um the cloak and just lays it over Beery. Take one more fellowship point. It's the cutest damn thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> With the three best friends that Halworth, <laughs> <laughs> Tanel, you leave the dwarf. Uh, you leave the dwarf where he is sleeping and make your way out of the dining hall, uh, attracting a couple of stares as the, you know, elves that had been, you know, looking over at you like, are you really going to leave him like that? Not in words, just in looks. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that'd be fine. The two elves, you have the day to do what you will. Is there anything specific you would like to do or would you like to skip to the next day and begin preparations for your journey? Um, I think Howlett's going to go into a sort of trance now. He's he needs rest as well. Um, this was a a wild night for it. staying in a corner watching a party is a wild night for Howlett. So um, yeah, sitting there doing nothing all night was took a lot out of him. Um, and he, he has his little song. He has a little songbook which he's been composing and subtly with his lute. Um, and uh, yeah, he's going to go and. Just rest. I think this day is, is done. He's just going to be preparing for tomorrow. Got it. Tanel, the day is yours if you would like to use it in any way. Hey, uh, I think she's just going to kind of prepare most of the day, mm -hmm. uh, make sure that her armor is coming along nicely. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of the day, she's going to try to find like the highest point, a very tall tree to see, try to see over the mountains a little bit in towards the direction of Lorien. She knows the scouts aren't going to be back yet, but just to kind of make herself feel a little bit better. The tallest tree that you could find that would show you the Misty Mountains would be on the western side of Rivendell by the waterfall. You find this beautiful, beautiful fir tree and the branches are close together. You can climb up there, no problem. You find... Uh, in that same way that Bilbo was able to in the Hobbit movie, you find that this patch of trees is just close enough to the waterfall that any other sound is drowned out. It is you at one with nature, the wind in your hair, breathing deeply the smells because you've had nothing but the forge for many hours now. The fresh air is quite soothing. <laughs> As you look east, 
the misty mountains, you see their snow caps and the sun just above you beats down on you. And even though it's later in the year, there's a, a pleasant, cool breeze, not cold, but cool, as if the magic of the elven rings that helped keep this place as calm and peaceful as it was still lingers in some small way here in Rivendell. Tanel, what's going through your mind right now? She's just kind of trying to calm her mind just by this very simple act of trying to be diligent and vigilant and on the look. Um, she's hoping that Lorian is safe or as safe as it can be and is hoping that this next step uh, towards Angmar is the correct one. And she's really hoping it's the correct one. All right. And she stays until it starts to get a little bit dark and then pops off and heads back. All right. Having spent the day as you will, the evening comes. Beery, you haven't moved. The night passes and you all wake up the next morning. Um, as you are uh, awaking and in the, the breakfast room, uh, Tanel, you are approached by Aaron and goes, my lady, apologies for the delay. The dwarves having their way in my forge made things a bit difficult, but your armor is ready if you would like to join me after you eat. Yes, yes, absolutely. Excellent. You spend the next few minutes wrapping up your breakfast and make your way to the forge. As you approach, you see Aaron holding up a light chain mail that looks slightly different than what you are used to in Lothlorien, who utilize leather and cloth armor more than anything. And he goes, here, try it on, and hands it to you. All right, and she takes off the current leather armor that she's wearing and mm -hmm. slips it on. Right. Aaron, very quickly, flicks out a dagger and slices across your arm as you pull up the defense, because it goes, it goes till about the, the mid forearm. Mm -hmm. and, he, and you notice the blade has no effect on you. He goes, very useful for avoiding slashing damage. Piercing, I can't promise, but some of my finer work, if I do say so myself. I would have to agree with you. You be careful with that now. Y yes, yes, of course, absolutely. Thank you again, deeply. Of course, and uh, be safe. I will try my best. Tanel, make an insight check. Mm, okay. <laughs> that, that has me worried. He's lying, he doesn't want you to be safe. Yeah, he wants me to <laughs> die. <laughs> I hope I never see you again. Oh, that was a one. Oh, it's an a, instant failure. Okay. It's a three. It, oh. All together. It's oh, all no. Oh, oh, no. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> Tough to tell, but from the way this guy is speaking to you, you can't quite tell 
if he's secretly working for Sauron or he has a crush on you and kind of wants you to be safe for him. <laughs> but it's very unclear. You're having a lot of trouble. You know, it's somewhere that in that spectrum. <laughs> Perfect. So now, honestly, for, for a good second, just sits there and goes, and then just leaves without saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes after you like, you're, you're welcome. You. Thank you. Yes, you're, you're welcome. <clears throat> you can never have anything forced for you ever again. No, <laughs> can't take that chance. <laughs> Tanel, you may now add another plus one to your parry score. Oh my God. Was she at 20? Oh, no one's 20. hitting me ever. No one's hitting me ever. This is an agile elf. <laughs> that just means I need to make the bosses all the harder. No. <laughs> Look at what you're doing to us, Tori. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the evening passes and the morning dawns. And Beery, you wake up on the side of a picnic table style seat with the impression of an anvil gear pressed into your face. Uh, yeah, he, as he kind of peels himself up and just kind of like, oh, groggy looks around and to, uh, to aid in the inevitable hangover that's I'm sure waiting in, in, uh, in wait for him, he's gonna grab the nearest thing, drink it, and maybe something that's edible, eat it, and uh, slowly come to, maybe maybe go towards the fountain. I don't know. So trying to find people, trying to get his bearings. As you are looking for folks, uh, Halloweth, what are you doing? Um, I am having a wonderful breakfast uh, where I have a uh, stuffed eggplant. I think I'll have a breakfast, some oh. stuffed eggplant with uh, orzo, sun-dried tomatoes, some garlic. Um, yeah. So really, a really nice little little vegetable concoction for breakfast. Delicious. Um, that is yeah. the most British thing I have ever heard. <laughs> All right. It's good. It is. It is. It Tanel, sounds wonderful. Tanel, what are you doing? Um, I think I would actually be joining Halloweth, but very quietly. Mm -hmm. not disturbing the morning peace and sure. also having breakfast. <laughs> we will we will play it like this then. Uh, Halloweth, are you okay with Tanel joining you for breakfast? Yes, yes, he is. Um, he's, he's just acknowledges not. I mean, they're going to be on the road for a long time together at this point. They, he's just going to get used to it and get used to company, which he's not used to at all at the moment. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so just, just down. You two sit down to a breakfast together. About five minutes later, you watch as Beery, who has been sleeping on the table, <laughs> rises, grabs the food and water to his left and right that I'm assuming the dwarves place there overnight or wherever, walks out, doesn't even notice the two of you are there. Um, you still got the cloak, like, over yeah, still, still shuffles around. <laughs> um, if you would like to talk during breakfast, you are welcome to. If you would rather not role play and skip ahead, that is totally fine. It's up to you. I think Halloweth's gonna very, very loudly and piercingly just say, good morning. 
you see his shoulders kind of like wince as he turns around like, oh, oh, yeah, good morning. It's kind of like, is it brighter? I mean, I feel like it's a lot brighter today. No, no, it's just your inebriated senses. Um, Mm -hmm. But I trust you slept well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> holds up the holds up the hammer all proud. Still has like the big indent, mm-hmm. <laughs> indentation of the gearwork on the side. Um, kind of like sits down um, at the table with them. Is kind of sitting across bit Nick style and uh, so um, what's uh, what's the plan? Well, I'm enjoying a wonderful Rivendell breakfast currently. I suggest you do the same. And we'll pack up and head out as soon as possible. All right. Um, uh, Beery's gonna look around for the nearest like waiter. Is is it? It's like a wait. Is there a wait staff here? It's not. It's not a wait staff. It's it's okay. you know it's it's chefs that know that like they need to bring the food. It's their turn mm-hmm. to cook. There's like all the elves are you know this is a commune basically, but they all help mm-hmm. each other out. So yeah. <laughs> Wave your hands. One of the he elves. No, he doesn't know how this works. So he's just yeah. <laughs> Trying to flag somebody down. <laughs> One of the, the elves comes over and goes, yes, Master Dwarf, I assume you would like a tall glass of water and some bread? Uh, yeah, uh, bread, well, um, something greasy. Um, a, 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 do you have like a dark ale or, I mean, none of that wine. I mean, that wine just straight to my head. Um, just honestly, just bring me anything. <laughs> I'm sure we'll think of something. And he heads off <sighs> to grab it, comes back a minute or two later with a giant plate of sausages and just a mug of <laughs> ale and a mug of water and goes, Master Dwarf, and heads out. Incredible. I love this place. As he's kind of like, like has like a, a sausage, like a cigar, kind of chewing on it. <laughs> <laughs> this place is as mystical as I thought it was going to be, and he's just, like, having a ball. Having a dwarven ball. <laughs> Alice just looking more and more with just, like, oh, delightful. Sinel's, like, making sure to, like, s- subtly push the water towards him closer to make sure he drinks that first. Like, <laughs> Moose it out of the way grab his beer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> having successfully uh, cured your hangover by drinking even more, Beery, you spend... You're the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you spend the next uh, few minutes eating as much as you possibly can. The three of you taking in your final moments in Rivendell as you prepare to head out. Is there any other preparations that we need to accomplish before we uh, <laughs> head out into the wild blue yonder? Hmm. I say we travel light. I agree. I mean, sure. And he takes like the pin out of um, out of the the anvil kind of head, slides it mm-hmm. off of the thing, and he kind of straps it to the back of his belt, kind of the center of his his gravity. And uh, the handle's not like a walking stick, but it has kind of cool gear work on it. Yeah, that's as light as I get. <laughs> wow. You, uh, okay. Um, maybe a bedroll or I'd, some rations. Oh man, I got is my there, stuff. Is there nothing else? 
Yeah, he points at his like bedroll and pack that he came with that is still like on the bench that he was sleeping on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, just 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 checking. Um, he looks to Janelle. He says, "Are you ready?" Yes, absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Hi, let's have an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You wrap up breakfast and you begin collecting all of your things, preparing for the journey ahead. As you spend the next few hours getting ready, collecting all of your things, conversing and talking with everybody, you make your way to the clearing where uh, you know the entrance to Rivendell on, hang on, let me think about this. You would take the western side by the waterfall to go up towards where you need to go. Um, there, Because there are two paths, because Rivendell is in a valley, so there's two paths. Mm -hmm. You'll take the western side up. As you are uh, approaching the entrance to the paths, you find horses and a small cart waiting for you. The cart is strapped to the back of the horse. You watch uh, Glorfindel standing there in front of you, and as well as a very injured Elrond holding on to a staff. Lord Elrond, this is a surprise. The occasion calls for it, Master Hello, Hyde. how are you? Oh boy. Master Beery, I never got the chance to thank you personally for all you did thank you i uh, I'm, I'm i'm here to serve it has been many years since the dealings of the elves and dwarves were so amicable i am only sorry it is under such circumstances i am i'm i'm, I'm a firm believer that we have a bright future ahead of us may your hope Keep us all strong. Lady Tennell. thank you as well. Yes, yes, of, of course. He looks at the three of you and almost seems for the first time at a loss for words. He simply sizes the three of you up and goes, you have my heartfelt Thanks, and my personal apology that I was not strong enough. You need not apologize. Won't yet, Valley. Indeed. My thanks that you even attempt this journey. Farewell, and you watch as the Cane that he, the, the staff that he is holding on to starts to shake. He raises the stump of his forearm and tries to do the elven uh. gesture, but can really only make it up to about midway across his chest. Bows. Farewell. And walks back towards the house. Meanwhile, Glorfindel looks over at the three of you and goes, you have my thanks as well. Elves. Master Dwarf, I have instructed the elves to help with your boar. And you watch, you start to notice that this cart that is on the back of the horse is 
just enough sized where there is a container for the boar that can ride on the back of the horse so that you don't have to wait for the boar to catch up or go any slower than you need to. He looks down at you and goes, I hope it is all right. Speed is of the essence and you have a long journey ahead of you. Beery doesn't say anything, but just like marches up and just oh, uh, hug around his middle. Uh, 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 gives his chest a pat and then mm. just goes and like starts loading, <laughs> loading Gorge up. Uh, you're, you are quite welcome then. He gestures over at the uh, remaining part of the cart, which is like a little sidecar almost off to the side of where Gorge is. And inside you see, you know, there's a bunch of lembas. Uh, there's water skins that are chock full. And he goes, for you all, it should sustain you for many, many days to come. It is a long journey. Please be safe. Beery right Thank now you, is Lord. standing in the cart with, with his pig. And this is terrific. Thank you. Just like like the fact that they like the elves are offering them kindness and generosity is blowing his mind. Sorry, uh, Zach, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Not at all. <laughs> I like the fact that he did interrupt because how else would be moving through saying thank you, much. This is great. <laughs> this is awesome. He's just yeah, just going. <laughs> this is a beautiful thing thank I'm watching you. right now. Hmm. He nods oh. back at you and goes, Lord Hallowith, Mr. Nell, Master Dwarf, gestures at you, Elvin, farewell. But before you go, um, a request, if you don't mind. By all means. If your scouts return from Lorien with less than favorable news, could you please send them our way? We have dealings with the Dunedain previously, but I cannot promise our hawks could find them. They move silently, but I will try my best. Thank you. Of course. Good fortune. Go with you three. And he takes his leave. The three of you saddled up on the horses from a Mechanical standpoint, Beery, are you riding in the back with Gorge or are you riding on one of the horses with one I of the elves? What did you say? He's never like, he's from, he's, from where he's from, riding horses is not another thing. The first thing he does is like tries to grab the reins of the horse and ha! silly elves didn't make him long enough. And he pulls out a, um, a knife from like his kind of apron kind of armor thing, cuts it in half. Adds a little bit, and he's kind of riding in the back with like a like a chariot. So he adds a little bit of rain. So he's in the back with the pig in the cart with reins, like a, like a chariot. Watch him just armor up the entire the the, the chariot and make it like a war machine. Zach, yes. <laughs> baby, you you know what's up. <laughs> oh boy, this is good. Oh, oh it's gonna get good. It's gonna get really good. chariot in tow. The two elves hop on the horses and make their way up towards the western entrance of Rivendell. As you make your way out of the valley of Rivendell, the waterfall off to your right, you watch as the afternoon sun greets you and you set off on the road towards Angmar. And that's where we're gonna take our quick break. Aww. For the folks over at Twitch, <laughs> 
We'll be back Dang in about it, five I'm minutes. So into it. <laughs> we'll be back in about five minutes. Make sure you're paying attention to the link in chat so you can join in the contest to win a digital copy of The One Ring. We'll see you in a few minutes. And welcome back. When we last left off, everybody was getting ready to travel to Angmar or thereabouts. Um, you all would know just from general maps that you have that you are heading towards the area of Angmar. You also know that the Witch King's Fortress of Karn Doom is probably the most deadly location. Beery, you would have no idea, but the elves absolutely would. You're going to travel as close to that place as you feel comfortable, and we will role play from that portion. By all accounts, based on the math that I have done, it is going to take you roughly five to seven days to get there, depending on how you all roll. So we're going to do what's called a journey progression. So you're all gonna roll various things. You can all choose how you want to do this. So first of all, as you are all journeying, you will need to keep a lookout. One of you can be that lookout. You can use a scan check. I'll need to make a number of scan checks as the days go on. You will also need to make awareness checks for each of the days you make watch. You will also need to make a travel roll, which in this case will just be, I believe, a D12 if you don't have any D6s, and we'll average it out and go from there. What this is going to do is this is going to sort of explain how the journey goes depending on whether or not you meet with any hardship. If you roll a natural one, like you break your ankle, or not actually, but like something goes bad on day <laughs> one through four or whatever. Um, and if you roll a bunch of successes and you beat the average, uh, then you will be fine. So for those among the three of you, you will need to make a scan check, an awareness check, and a travel check. Do any of you have a preference for which one you would like to roll based on your advantages within your skill tree. Uh, Tanel? Uh, awareness, preferably. All right. And anybody else? Beery? Uh, if, if he can use scan, that's his strongest, strongest thing. All right. And travel. Are you all right taking that? Uh, sure, I, I don't have, um, I, it, it was blocked out for me because uh, I, I, I thought we were going right, to Right, right. So, yeah. so initially we weren't going to do that. The way I am resolving that, since we're not going to be utilizing it as much, I'm just going to have mm -hmm. you roll a D12 and it doesn't okay. necessarily, like, like, I'm not going to say like, oh, it goes better because you had those extra D6. I'm just going to give you like, roll the D12, okay. see what happens and the journey will continue. I will okay, also... So Am I, am I using my target number for this as well? No, you're not going to be using okay. your target number. These are just going to be straight rolls. So let me cool. let me do this for the audience. Mm -hmm. So these are going to be straight rolls. Whether or not you hit your target number is irrelevant. It will be up for me who has set the danger level for this area, as well as what you are traveling through for the majority of the duration. So if you would not mind, we will do day one. Tanel, please make an awareness check for me. Beery, Ooh. make a scan check for me. And Halloweth, roll a d12 for travel. Travel is a four. Okay. Awareness is a 15. I beat my target number by one. Okay. Beery. Uh, success. Not by much, but a success. Okay. 
what what do you roll if you don't mind me asking? Because because target numbers are are okay, but they're kind of irrelevant in this given the danger level as I as we get closer to Angmar. Thirteen. Thirteen. Got it. And Hallowith, you rolled a four. All right. So, luckily, you've all rolled high enough that the first day of your journey as you travel through the north towards the area of Angmar is going to be through, um, like, closer to the area of, of the weather top as you cross the bridge and start heading north. Um, there is a small mountain range known as the Etten Moors, which basically blocks your ability to make a full straight, like a beeline towards uh, the Angmar area where you know some of these rangers uh, reside. That was day Does Barry one. have any knowledge of, of any like tunnels or subterranean passageways that get through this mm. mountain range? I'm going to let the dice decide this one. Beery, make a lore check to see if you know. Okay. Twelve, and my target number is thirteen. Mm, okay, so you you try and rack your brain about anything that could possibly give you just a quick shortcut, and nothing's really coming to mind. This okay. area doesn't feel quite as quite as familiar. All right, so at the end of day one, you have all traveled successfully. This will now be day two. I would all ask you to roll the same as you did before. Tanel with awareness, Beery with scan, Halloweth with travel. With Hallowith, can I uh, swap him? Because you know, I, I don't want to. If if you would like to, if you would like to change how we do this, I would say that yes. So I mean, just just for the day, like you know, rotating roles. You sure, know, I, sure. I wanna... So so as you're as you're moving on throughout the day and the evening and setting watch, and oh. this is basically a way to shorten what would be a five to seven day journey into about three to four minutes so we don't want <laughs> now if anything crazy happens on the end and one of you rolls an instant success or an instant failure we're gonna have something to talk about however in the meantime as long as you all manage you'll be fine so yeah if you would like to um tanel you can make an awareness check beery you can make a travel check just roll the d12 and then Halloweth, you can make a scan check Eighteen. Eighteen. All right. I did get a six on one of my d6s. Okay. Excellent. Beery. Uh, seven for travel. Seven for travel. Hallowith. Uh, Eighteen. And both of my d6s were sixes. Okay. <laughs> we planned this. Yes. yes oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hallowith. Nice. On day two of your travel, as you're moving along, you notice a large outcropping of rock and think to yourself, that seems like a place that may offer some kind of shelter. As you're traveling on the second day, you start heading towards this rock outcropping in the evening. And Gorge, the Erebor boar, starts going- Erebor Orbor. Yeah. The er <laughs> excuse me, the Erebor Orbor. Starts so going, rip, rip. and like as you slow down, what do you smell? He hops off as you all slow down, runs over to the rock outcropping. Beery, if you would like to, you can spend an hour and mine two pieces of, mechanically speaking, you will have two lumps of copper. Oh, <gasps> yes. Yes. 
This is wonderful. Good job, Hallowith. My pleasure. Um, my pleasure. And he sits down and he just starts <laughs> to pluck at his loot. Yeah. You spend an hour waiting as uh, as the dwarf starts. <clears throat> <clears throat> and you've now got uh, two pieces of copper that mechanically speaking will will go over after the show and you'll be able to you know keep it in your inventory for for a later day day three i will ask you all to make those rolls all right. oh. <laughs> oh no that's two of you beery what did you roll rolled in an 11 and in eye of sauron uh, no. Uh. Tanel, what did you roll? Okay, I rolled a Gandalf for awareness, so maybe we'll be okay. <laughs> we're aware how screwed we are. The journey is dangerous, <laughs> but we're well aware of it. Halloween, what yeah. did you roll? I got a 10. A 10, okay. Okay. And on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> Shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> On day three of your travels, you bed down for the night, making it what you assume is roughly halfway towards where you need to be. You're approaching, you see the Ettenmore mountain range, well, not range, but you see the Ettenmore mountains off to your right as you continue to travel north, searching for any pieces of forest or people that might be able to lead you to these Dunedain. As you lay down to sleep, Halloweth, your dreams are vivid. Okay. Much like many days ago, as you traveled back to Rivendell with the bodies of the fellowship, you see the hidden elven city of Gondolin in its splendor of the first age. People walking around marketplaces, a thriving place of elven bliss. And very quickly, you find yourself a young elf atop the ramparts, ready to fight, but knowing you may need to flee. You peer over the walls and over the battlements, you see a column of dragons and on top of these drakes balrogs ready to sack the city the dream changes and you see once again the lady of the wood galadriel stands in front of you her back turned to you and you feel yourself present in the dream again what do you do i pressure i say my lady is all well in the golden wood. You watch as she turns her head back to you and you notice that her right eye is normal and her left eye has a small black patch on the left side of where white should be. Halloweth. My strength is, 
You feel yourself fly up into the air again, just as you did before. You see this bird circling over and over. You still can't tell what bird it is. And the dream goes dark. You wake up the next morning and begin your travels. I need you all to make rolls for day four of your journey, please. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, he's not feeling very well rested today. Ah, yes. good, good morning, everyone. Uh, we're ready for another glorious day of travel. Just one moment, Barry, please. Oh. What? I mean, I mean, the, the day awaits us. Look at it, it's glorious. Let's go. And just marches out. Make your rolls, please. <laughs> oh my God, this is devastating. Nine for travel. Nine for travel. Eight for awareness. Eight for awareness. Twelve for scan. Twelve for scan. <clears throat> All right. The fourth day brings rain. The fourth day brings rougher terrain. You are getting closer to where you know that evil once lurked in Angmar. It's cold, your clothes are wet, and despite the cloaks that you may have, Beery, I'm assuming you gave the cloak back to Halloweth. We never actually did that mechanically speaking. But... No, he, he, well, he doesn't know it's Halloweth's. Would just, Halloweth ask oh. for it back? I, <laughs> let's yeah, let's retcon would. that for a second. Is Halloweth yeah. asking for it back? Yeah. So okay. So so okay, back. back. He, he, he we talk we, we have a little giggle about it afterwards. But uh, when um, Barry hunters over all very hungover the next morning, Halloweth proclaims loudly, "Good morning." You remember this, everyone. Hope you were following me. Everyone's remember this. <laughs> um, and he then just says, <clears throat> and just holds out his hand. Perfect. <laughs> it would it would probably been an obnoxious amount of time you'd have been holding your hand out as he oh, yeah. like, like I, I would assume and so. weird things. But uh, just yeah, you're getting hit by hammers. I <laughs> I don't want why this. Would I, yeah. Why would I want this? Why <laughs> in what world would I want this? Okay, so Beery is without a cloak and just like miserable. Actually, you know what? There's there's no luck roll skill in this, but Beery, uh, go ahead and roll me a d12 to see if you remembered to bring a cloak. Oh Eleven. Eleven. You have a cloak, no problem. You have a cloak, no problem. And that, folks, is how you DM retcons. <laughs> so, day four of this journey, tougher. The road is getting rockier. Beery in the back, the cart is, you know, shaking a little bit. It's a more rocky terrain, not smooth goings at all. Tanel, on day four of the journey, you spend the evening taking your watch, and once you go to sleep, you also have a dream as well. Oh, God. Roll me a d12, please. This is not a skill-related thing. Just roll me a d12. jeez. Good. A four. A four. Yes. You appear to be flying above Middle Earth, and you watch as a single figure on horseback heads south the Misty Mountains on their left, and two figures also on horseback, seemingly following this person. They run, and they run, and they run. However, 
they don't really seem to be covering any distance at all. And it's hard to tell exactly what is happening, but a journey is taking place outside of your knowledge. Many things are happening in Middle Earth and you awaken with, with a sense of dread, feeling that there are things outside your control with people that you may care about or know that you have no ability to affect. I'll ask everyone to make rolls for the fifth day of travel. How are you feeling, Zach? You wanna you wanna change it up? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'll, I'll switch back to Journey for a while. Go ahead. Go for your, go for your no, 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 no. I wasn't pressing you. No, 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 no. I'd like to. I'd like to. It's fine. Go for it. Go for Journey. Okay, so uh, nineteen for awareness. Nineteen. Wow. Yeah. So I rolled a. This includes a six. So twenty-four for scan, but also an eye of Sauron. Oh. Oh. Wow. I have advantage on scan. You have advantage on scan. All right. So That's because you have advantage. The Eye of Sauron cancels out, and that is it. Oh my God! Okay. Oh, yes. I thought just the oh, all-seeing eye f's everything up. Okay. No, not at all. Because it's, if if it was just a straight roll, and you rolled the Eye of Sauron, you would have been fine. Halloweth, what did you roll? An eight for Jenny. An eight. All right. Um, are we doing for advantage rolls? Are we doing where you roll twice or you double the rolls? Uh, no, this is I a. F- this would be considered a favored roll within the one yeah. ring rulebook. Yeah, so you would roll two d12s two and D12. take the higher yeah. of the two. And then to the higher one. I see. Exactly. Cool. All right. Great. So you manage on the fifth day of travel to make incredible time. The flat plains smooth themselves out. The rocks disappear, and you travel through what appears to be just like this flat plain. And as you approach further north, a light snow starts to fall amongst you. It is getting colder and you are no longer within the house of Elrond where the weather is not always perfect. Is this Beery's first time experiencing snow? Um, hang on, let me check my map. No, Erebor would Erebor have, is pretty high north. Erebor is mm-hmm. pretty high north. I'd say you'd you'd have experienced snow, okay. but you probably haven't seen it in quite some time. He's loving. He's right now testing the like the land speed uh, on these on. He's like in the salt flats right now, just getting how fast <laughs> the skin can go. Testing the bearings and all that good stuff, and then the snow like just cherry on top. Right. So, based on the math that I have done the three of you start getting the sense that on the fifth day, you are in the land of Angmar. Your journey has more or less come to an end in that you have arrived at your destination, but you are still looking for the Dunedain, yet you are also still aware that Glorfindel asked you to see what is happening in Angmar. And the choice lies with you. Do you approach Angmar in the hopes of finding friends or do you journey in the wide world? And that is up to the three of you to decide right now. Um, as we maybe like stop for lunch, um, takes a bite of Lambus bread and 
you know, this is really delicious uh, at the beginning, but uh, it really gets bland after a bit, doesn't it? Unfortunately, you're right, mm. but it's the best option we have. And it's snowing. I feel like our journey's been blessed. Where shall we head now? We have options. We can either search for the Dunedain, pray that they find us before something else does, or we can take a more recon approach and try and scout out some more of the area, see what's happening, and uh, report back to Grofendal with a more succinct report. I think it might be worth finding the Dunedain. Lorfindel seemed. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Um, what if we did a bit of both? Um, I mean, like, created. Some, uh, I'm a long way from home, so I've never really experienced a lot of this stuff. So, what if we put up some type of beacon only the Dunedain would recognize, uh, like a meeting, a meeting place, and then maybe explore a little bit. Huh. What uh, I know. If you Sorry, gone. Would I know of anything that would be set up that we could set up like that? Make a lore check for me. Oh boy! All right. Okay. Sixteen. Target number is eleven. So you know that you could light some sort of signal fire that may attract the Dunedine. Mm-hmm. But you're not entirely sure if this is something that would actually work. Gotcha. Okay. I'm we also don't want to attract the, uh, anyone. Oh yeah. True. Yes. Um. The thing that worries me is the creature we saw flying over our heads that night. I mentioned it to Glorfindel, and he seemed off-put by it. So I don't think we should go charging straight into danger. The Dunedain may be our best bet at finding out exactly what's going on and maybe even what that creature is. Mm. Okay. Um, Then we can either, well, what we could do is make a little uh, outpost per se, see uh, if if we can spot wait for the Dunedain either to just come along and find us, or as Biri says, we could do both. Um, Mm -hmm. Scout out some of the area and hope that we come across something to be able to track the Dunedain ourselves. How I like your style. Let's find a place very defensible, like is there a cave nearby? I guess the only only way to find out is to have a look. Let's find a cave. (laughs) Very well. You all spend the next few hours, if not the rest of the day, looking for a cave. All of you, go ahead and give me an explore check. Yay! Oh, no. Boy, uh, no, this is good. Mine's mine's crap. Yeah, so (laughs) mine. I have have to roll a 12 or I don't get it. So do I. No. Not even close. I rolled... Exactly an 11, and my target number oh, is nice. Hi. Beery is favored in Explorer, and he rolled a 17. 17. All right. You spend 
this day looking for any defensible place that you could potentially use as a hideaway to potentially light signal fires, some sort of meeting place. And after about seven or eight hours, it takes you most of the day, you find such a place. This cave, you realize, is within a day's journey of Karndu, the outpost of the Witch King of Angmar. It looms in the mountains far away from you enough that you feel safe, but close enough that you know that the potential to go in is there. And as you sit in the cave, you don't notice anything moving. All... This spot is perfect. Look at it. I mean, it's roomy. It's got a nice funnel point just in case we need to defend this spot. It's perfect. I could just I can make a summer home here. <laughs> I wouldn't well, make one here. So I... It's, it's, it's dank and underground and gloomy. <laughs> I suppose it'll do. I uh, will, we're going to make this a home. You watch. Mm. Mark my words. You, you just watch. The three of you spend the next few hours in this cave. Nothing. You spend the night in this cave. Beery, you start setting some traps, as you mentioned before. Yeah, uh, just a simple tripwire, like block and tackle. Um, yeah, if, if it's, it's it's pretty much a boulder, a mm -hmm. drop-down boulder trap that collapses the cave, locks anything in with us, or locks anything out, out. Yeah. To try and block things off. So you're, the, you're putting locked it out in, with the elves. Yeah, you're locked in here with me, Rorschach style from Watch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Perfect. Um, oh, go ahead, Tanel. I was going to say, right as the sun sort of starts to set, Tanel's going to go out and see if she can see any campfires along the horizon. Make a scan check for me. And just to make it extra elfy, she's going to like stand on top of one of the horses, like on the saddle, <laughs> to get a better Thanks. vantage point. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That dice just kept spinning like a top. <laughs> Yes, 17, target number 11. 17. Mm -hmm. As you look out for the evening, the world around what you know to be Angmar, where you know the Dunedain may be, but you're not entirely sure. Because even Glorfindel doesn't know where these rangers are. Mm -hmm. They are a shifty folk. <laughs> you don't see any fires. You don't see any movement in the trees. You don't hear even a rustle of humans or a draw of bowstring. It is quiet. And as you look out, you feel the weight of Karndum, almost as if it is a physical weight on you. And it feels as though the tower is watching you. Mm. All right. The next day dawns. Would the three of you like to stay in this cave? I think we should leave. I agree. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and on one of the trees, um, I'm going to mark it with um, 
the like a very crude with my like knife drawing of the Lorian leaf on one of the trees. All right. Okay. Cool. My question to the three of you. Are you making your way closer to Cardoom towards Angmar as Glorfindel asked you to? Uh, first yes. thing, um, if we are leaving this cave that he's very proud of and now loves, um, <laughs> the first, <laughs> first, first time he's been underground. Oh, a long time. God. oh God. Um, so he, he like knocks all of his pitons uh, loose, collects them that he's like carved into the rock for this booby trap, collects all his string and rope. He was really excited about that booby trap, but maybe next time. <laughs> maybe next time. You all spend the next day of your journey traveling closer and closer to Angmar. As you continue to travel, the snow gets a little bit heavier. It's not so much that you can't travel. The horses are fine. But it does approach the point of starting to get cold. Those cloaks are helping. You are now within an hour or so's ride of Doom, the Witch King's fortress in Angmar, with no sign of the Dunedain. Um, on his little cart, just kind of glances over and I, uh, is there something I need to be worried about? I, you guys have been on pins and needles this entire time. Tanel takes oh, a, an arrow out of her quiver and just notches it and goes, oh. I think so. Because if I, if, I, if I ride one more step, this is the furthest from home I've ever been. <laughs> I'm adding another six HP to the final boss. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, it had to be done. Excellent. Oh, I know. I'm so proud of you. But at the same time. Oh, my God. Right. You all spend the next hour and two and three searching the forest the plains there are patches there are hills you are finding no trace of the dunadine does beery know that they have like are they just this is beery's knowledge obviously mm -hmm. are they nomadic or do they have a uh a HQ kind of a thing? I would say this this wouldn't necessarily be a lore check. This would okay. be what, what Glorfindel and the elves would have told you and what you two elves would know of, of the Dunedain, because obviously you're very old, you are aware of their presence. They are a nomadic people with very few settlements in between. So finding their settlements would be incredibly difficult, and it would honestly be a little bit easier for the three of you to find one wandering rather than finding out where they live because living so close to the north and angmar and protecting the shire and brie and uh Fornost and all of these places it would be very difficult for them to maintain some sort of settled establishment interesting Hallowith, you've been marking the Lorian trees as you continue I, to go. Yeah, I keep I keep just turning a little, little, just a little leaf. Right. I mean, something that only a Dunedain would be able to recognize. All right, um, a, quest a question for the three of you: Are you moving closer to Angmar? 
Yes, but can I yes. do so stealthily? I think we should go into much more of a, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Stealth-wise. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Halloweth, Tanel, you two both have horses, which yes. makes traveling a little bit difficult. I will say, as close as you are to Angmar, you could theoretically leave the horses by the cave, knowing that, you know, if you tie them up or let them graze somewhere, they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You would then need to make a number of stealth checks. Beery, you would need to do so as well, but if you want to hang back and give the elves their moment, now would be Oh, definitely. Okay. He knows his weaknesses. He's he's a little bit aware. Halloweth, Tanel, go ahead and give me stealth checks. Come on, elves. Um, I rolled a 14 for my first one, beating my target number by two. I rolled a 14 as well, beating my target number by three. You approach as close as you feel comfortable to get to Angmar, kind of like the Legolas Tauriel in The Hobbit when they're on by Gundabond, Mm -hmm. within 15 minutes walk of the front entrance. Is Beery following them? Beery is hanging back, so he doesn't know exactly what they are seeing, but the elves, the two of you peek above this hilltop and you see Karn Doom, the fortress of the Witch King, where during the Second Age stood his place of power as he sowed chaos throughout the land of Arnor, west of the Misty Mountains. And it is decrepit. What once was a immense, magnificent fortress now is in ruin. Rocks piled everywhere as though under siege. Growth, plants, just every which way. Nature has overtaken this land in a way that you didn't even know was possible. Trees sprouting out from rocks in the sides. It is empty and neither of you see any movement inside any of the windows in the fortress. Holy crap. Sorry, Barry's right. not seeing any of this. <laughs> this is just Max being- Yeah, off. this is me just like, what? Is, is it still snowy? It well? is, it is. something so lost to the ages it still seems so foreboding it's certainly not the place you'd want to build a summer home <laughs> no okay um can we get slightly closer without gonna, yeah you can absolutely yeah. get closer as you as you inch closer the snow falling on top of you your footfall Starts to crunch a bit, but it's muffled in that way that only snowfall can do where where your senses are slightly more dulled. You see and you hear nothing but your own footfalls. Would we be walking on top of the snow? Like a bit like Legolas on Caratras? You would be, yes. Okay. okay, that's cool. That's not to say you wouldn't make a noise, but you would be no, walking on top of the snow, yes. That's so cool. Um... Does, does anyone else try and do that? I don't know if that's just me. Every time I go into the snow, I'm <laughs> oh, just absolutely. like, maybe this time. No. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it works when you get um, a, a little layer of ice on top. Mm-hmm. You can get across yeah. it a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm an elf. No. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, I slowly. I'm still. I can't, I'm going to roll another stealth check just to make sure that everything. Yeah. Yeah. Please give mm-hmm. me another yeah, stealth yeah. roll. Okay. Nineteen. Nineteen. Twenty-one. <laughs> Twenty-one. Woo. The yeah. two of you approach to the point where you now see the front entrance of Angmar. You are within walking distance of this immense fortress. Beery, you're still hanging back, you know, not interrupting any of the stealth that they are about to do, but as they get closer, you also get closer. Angmar stands before you, a towering fortress of ancient days, eerily quiet. This is worrisome. Disturbing. Can I get a sense of if there's a dark presence around this place, or is it nothing? Is it empty? Uh, give me an awareness check. Okay. Uh, 20. 20. That definitely beats your target number. You feel a foreboding evil, but not one that speaks of imminent danger. One of the fact that you know the history of this place weighs heavily on you and you know something could happen. Nothing around you feels as though this place has seen any life or movement in many, many years. There are no footprints in the snow. All is quiet. Are there any sounds of animals at all? Like even Give the it- rustle of a squirrel? You know what? Across the tree? I, this, this doesn't even need to be an awareness check. No. <laughs> It is dead silence. Okay. Um, I, can I enter Khandum? Yes, you can. Okay. (laughs) Is anyone going with him? Tanel is staying back. And as he steps forward, she genuinely goes, what are you doing? I sense no life, I sense no dark presence, only the history of shadow. But we may find answers inside. By this time, Beery and Gorge are snow plowing their way through the thicket and everything. (laughs) We see just like a helmet in the snow, just like... (laughs) (laughs) Like a shark just carving it. The snow's not that deep, but I love the visual. I love the visual. Look so. at this place. I mean, shh. What? Oh. Is it dangerous? It feels that way, so maybe we should treat it that way. Thank you. The three of you. In? Are the three of you going in? I'm already in. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Tanel notches her bow and... You've got Very. a rep- you've got a weapon ready. Halloweth, give yeah. me a stealth check. Tinel, give me an awareness check. Beery, give me a scan check. Let's do this. Shields out. We're ready to rock. All right. Uh, 13. <gasps> 17. Uh, 17. Beat my target number 14. It's a, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time math right now. Oh, <laughs> 
Uh, that's a 20, and it's a Gandalf. Instant success. The three of you notice on the right-hand side of this fortress what looks to have been some sort of projectile from a trebuchet or a catapult has destroyed one of the sides of the walls and has completely breached it. You see this side entrance. You don't even need to go through the front door. You peer in and you see before you an empty castle. In front of you, in the center of this enormous, what looks to be some sort of grand ballroom. Because in ancient days, Angmar was ruled by humans and the elves would know this, right? It was only after the Witch King took control of Angmar that he was able to turn it into the evil place it once was. That's another obscure Lord of the Rings fact, but. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we got one this episode. <laughs> yes. In the center of what appears to be this grand ballroom foyer style entranceway are the bones of a monstrous creature. I need the elves to make a lore check for me. This is so amazing. And I think I have advantage on that. Yes, right? you are favored. Yes, okay. I believe you are favored. Yeah, favored. That's the word. Thank you. Uh, tw 24. 24? Oh, oh Zach. Uh, 17. 17. Yes. Hallowith, mm -hmm. Tanel, you look at these bones standing almost ceremoniously in this ballroom, and you realize that they are that of an ice drake. About 12 feet long, its wings boned, spread out underneath it, and its head dead center, resting almost as if it curled up to die in the center of this magnificent nothingness. Do, do you enter? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very quietly. As quietly as possible. With the stealth checks that you rolled, you enter the grand ballroom. You feel the echo of your footfall still going. However, no movement, only the t -t 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 of your footfall. With each passing moment, you hear the echo. But with each moment, this feels like an empty, abandoned palace. Do you approach the dragon bones? Yes. Yes. But, <laughs> but, uh, Tanel's giving it a, a wide enough berth, basically, mm -hmm. that you know, she's she's kind of timid of it, she doesn't think it's gonna move, but it's like, this is odd, I don't like any of this. Beery, uh, he's trailing back behind the elves, but the second he sees these bones, he's inching up a little bit, a little bit faster, uh then giving them birth. So he'd probably have to do self checks. Uh, yeah, he's very eager to get close to this relic. Theory, as you inch closer and closer God. to this skeleton, 
nothing happens. This dead ancient relic of ancient days does not move. Master Dwarf, I don't suppose you could uh, make use of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, oh I didn't already need that. To ask. Okay. voices are echoing through the... This place is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Look at this place. What is this place? As you start talking, you notice that your whispers are... Oh, 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 amazing, amazing. Echoing through the halls. <clears throat> I hate this I, place. I already hear the scorn. Um, you would like to get towards like the, the tippity tippest of like the fingers of the drake mm-hmm. and just try and test the rigidity with this strong kind of dwarven hands to try and give it a, see if he can break it, see if it's hard. The bones are strong. The connective tissue that once held it together has fallen off hundreds of years ago. Oh, this thing's old, that old. Okay. This thing is that old. Yeah, obviously he's taken tools out to sever whatever connective tissue it remains, and especially big bones that he can actually, um, you know, get proper material from it. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to worry mm-hmm. about because they're probably hollow, right? Beery, make a craft check for me. Bring it. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Nineteen. Nineteen. Beery, you manage to gather over the course of about five minutes, just fucking them out. Four dragon claws. Oh, my fucking... Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. Okay. Four dragon claws. Six dragon teeth, two dragon scales, okay, 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 okay. and the tail of this dragon, the bone of which you see is almost arrowhead shaped to the point where it looks like a giant arrow from a ballista could be crafted. It is roughly the size of your hand. Oh my God. As you are crafting all of this, I need the three of you to make awareness checks. Yep, I was about to say, uh, Tanel's just been like walking the edge as Mm -hmm. he's been doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beardy is in an absolute fever. Just like the absolute possibilities as he kind of mumbles to himself in in dwarven jargon. How many scales again? Um, I I believe it was two scales, yes. Perfect, exactly, that was, that's right. Yeah. Um, I hit my target number exactly. You hit your target number, Tanel. 21 with a six on one of the die. On the uh, D6s. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a six on one of the D6s. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. As Beery is doing this, the two of you hear something clatter onto stone above you. You also notice, with that six, Tanel, you see steps leading up towards what seems to be, as tall as this place is, a second floor of this castle. 
Did you hear that? I did. I did. She's going through bones, looking at it. He gives it a toss and keeps like burrowing into this corpse. Um. Well, Glorfindel told us to report and scout out what was happening. No better chance. And he just takes an arrow like Alex with a knock sit and then starts to go upstairs in stealth. Same. Mm, give me stealth checks. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. Look at this. Where'd you go? <laughs> 16. 16. All right. Sorry, I had to count. 25. With, 25. Yeah, with another six on one of the D6s. Beautiful. I'm doing great. Tori is forever erased from Beery's memory. <laughs> Beery, you can't even see these two elves. They're so yeah. in the dark right now. The two of you approach the steps where you heard the sound and the clatter <laughs> happens again. Do you make your way up the steps? You will do so silently based on what mm -hmm. you rolled. Yep. Uh, Tanel is going to try to like turn around and motion for Beery. And mm -hmm. Motion and go. Beery, I do an awareness or something. I will yeah. I will say with with those checks, give me an awareness check. Oh, oh god. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, he is so like how large are the scales, by the way, just so I know. Oh, um, roughly if if the teeth are the size of your hand, is roughly like dinner plate sized for the two <laughs> dragon scales that still that still exist. Oh, wonderful. Oh boy, here we go. All I get is a D12 and I rolled an Eye of Sauron. Oh, God. Oh, awareness. Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing. No idea. Nothing. No clue. Beery? He's got his like magnifying glass. Like I, I wear down and he's looking over everything. Beery, your awareness being so poor of the situation, you look up and the bug eyes that you see, <laughs> Tanel gesturing over to you. You quick make your way over and thump, 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 trip and fall and tumble over yourself. As you fall, the three of you hear uh, footsteps uh, above you. Uh, now, the elves rolled a good enough stealth check that the three of you can make it up the steps. No problem. Do you continue? Yes. Yeah, to find a hiding spot up there. <laughs> Very well. The three of you make your way up the steps. As you stand above on this second floor, you notice that most of it has crumbled. There is only one path, this major hallway that makes its way through most of the castle, but the rooms that would have connected it, the doors are gone. It is a shell of what it once was. There is only one door up about a hundred yards to the left. Uh, <laughs> is Beery still down with the corpse, I'm assuming? Would you like to come up? I is there any chance she can gather more stuff? If you want to <laughs> wait, I guarantee you will be coming down very shortly. <laughs> it, 
if you would like so you've gathered he's you've, like he's strapping it all towards it onto gorge and getting him all nice and comfy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you've gathered about as much as you possibly could from this dragon okay. that you know is useful most of the bones are brittle and and have broken in front of you but you've gathered what you can yeah, if you would he, like to yeah he comes up all right give me a stealth check oh, oh great lovely <laughs> oh god here we go oh no Um, it's, it's a 10, but his target number is higher. <laughs> All right. Sure. So you, you make your way up the steps, kind of dip, 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 dip. this door on the, about a hundred yards ahead of you elves stands motionless and the footsteps have stopped. Uh, can I do a sleight of hand to open the door? Uh, or whatever but the, the equivalent of a sleight of hand would be. I guess it's still stealth. As you approach, um, as you approach the door, you notice the door is opened. Okay. Uh, 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 that was just vowels. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I knock an arrow and I kind of peek in. I pe- I peek in. I peek in. I peek in. I, yeah. I peeking duck. <laughs> <laughs> Shield is up and ready. Mm-hmm. Halloweth, mm. as you peer in to this room, you look upon what appears to be a laboratory of some kind. There is a table set with many broken vials, and the vials that are intact have different colored liquids in them. As you peek over to the left, you notice that there is a man bound and gagged sitting next to a giant crystal. The man bound and gagged is going and inside the crystal that is this massive hunk, huge Nothing you have ever seen before are two people, dark skinned, blue robed. <laughs> what are you doing? I, uh, uh, do you see anything? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, can I, I'm going to peer around, look, look around the room. There is no one nothing else, else, nothing else I, in the room. I ungag the man. What's he saying? You. <sighs> he looks at you and goes. <sighs> he is here. And behind you, Tinel and Beery. Ah, no. God. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> stands a presence his hood cloaked Uh, his head obscured red cloaked enormous shoulder pauldrers this red cloak staring at the two of you i am orbrith you will die (laughs) the exact same time 
Halloweth, this human, looks at you and goes, Help me free the wizards. And that's where we're going to end episode four <laughs> of the Unpredicted oh. Party. No, let's keep going. Oh. Join us for the after show on Patreon where I get to quiz these nerds on how the episode went. Thank you all so much for watching. <laughs> we will see you all next time. We found them!